and I'd like to look at that uh, here in just a little bit. We're going to run up to that verse and, and get a little bit of context and, and get the background here in the chapter. We know this chapter very well, and, but I want to land, I want to land on verse uh, number 58. You know, there are certain ages that physical changes dictate what we can do. Amen. Amen. Right. I remember I was in Bible Institute, and our pastor, who was uh, who did the one of the classes there, he was telling about when he first took his first church up in north, uh, a little further north here, Knob Nostra, Missouri, and he said I was pastoring. It's a military church, and it was a busy church, and I was pastoring full time, and I was uh, driving for FedEx full time, and I had a family, and I'm sitting there thinking I am exhausted listening to this. I mean, it was it was incredible, and I really started to feel bad. I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I've got that. I mean, at the time I was right about maybe 40 years old, and I was thinking this uh, sounds not so good, and it dawned on me. I started adding all the numbers up, and I went. He was 25. No wonder. <laughs> if I was 20, I had that energy at 25, and, and I thought I still was doing pretty good at 40, but it just sounded like quite, quite a bit. And I said something to him. I said, I said, I was thinking about all that in my mind. It was making me tired. Then I realized you were 25. He goes, well, yeah. <laughs> you can hear him, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, what, what are we saying? With age comes limitations. With age comes limitations, and our limitations can make us feel like we have no impact on our church or on the world. Are you listening to me? Our limitations by age, right, can make it feel like, and not even just age, but it can make us feel like, we all have limitations and make us feel like that we have no impact on our church or on the world. Can I tell you this tonight? I want to look at this tonight. And the basis for what we do, I want to, this is the title, I scratched it down, I don't know if it's good or not. But the basis for what we do has no expiration date. There is no, listen, the reason what we do and why we do what we do, it doesn't have a stamp on it that says, oh, okay, too old, you're done. It doesn't have that. It doesn't have that. Too many limitations, you're of no use, sorry, you can't do that. It doesn't have that. I want to look at that tonight. And number one, the first thing I want to show you, though, is that uh, is look at this very topic of the basis for what we do. You know, companies out there, they make mission statements. Um, all of the large companies, they all have large, have mission statements. And, and they what they are doing, they are fine-tuning to a sentence or two why it is, what the basis is for why they do what they do. They are bringing it down. Let me read you a few of these. Coca-Cola. This is Coca-Cola's mission statement. To refresh the world. Yeah. To inspire moments of optimism and happiness. To create value and make a difference. Now, they didn't say anything about creating a generation of diabetics. I mean, that's not a, that's not a part of their mission statement, all that sugar, right? But the, the, their, their mission statement is to refresh the world, to inspire moments of optimism and happiness, to create value and make a difference. Wow, isn't that great? This is the basis of what, this is what they say. This is the basis of why they do what they do. Listen to what Twitter says. Their, their mission statement is to give everyone the power to create and to share ideas and information instantly. I love this one. Oh, the irony of it. Without barriers. 
Well, we found out there was a lot of barriers on Twitter, but this was their mission statement. This is, the, this is what they were saying. This is the basis of why we do what we do and why we exist in the marketplaces because of that. Now, listen to Microsoft's. This one's very interesting. To empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. Do you realize they mention nothing about personal computers in their mission statement? They don't mention, mention anything about technology. See, watch, their mission statement was broader than the company. To empower every person and every organization on the, plan, on the planet to do what? Achieve more. Achieve more. That's quite a mission statement. And so what they're saying is this is the basis, this is the reason why we exist as a company, to help everybody on the planet do more. Watch this. They are focusing on the why and not the what. So why do companies do this? Well, they do this because it keeps them focused on the why. It keeps them focused on why they are in business. How many know who Patagonia is? The clothing, the clothing manufacturer. They make clothes. They more a lot of outdoor stuff. Patagonia, yeah, very expensive. Very, very. If you're going to go climb, climb in the Alps or something like that, you're going to look at Patagonia. Excellent, excellent product. Listen to their mission statement. We're in business to save our home planet. That has nothing to do with clothing. And it's a brilliant mission statement because the people that are buying their clothing are right in line with this. Yeah, We're in business to save our home planet. Their purpose was the why, not the what. You see that? Now, come on. We do know it's never said what the real mission statement is, right, Alan? Bucks. <laughs> that's the real mission statement. Why are we here? Because we're going to make money. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But they all have mission statements. There is the, what they're telling the world is there is a basis for why we do what we do. And actually, they actually elevate it to, to something that even uh, surpasses the product they are selling. It is going to a uh, it goes to the why and to the betterment of the planet, to the betterment of people, to help you be better. This is their mission statement. But can I tell you tonight, there is a basis for what we do at Crimson Avenue Baptist Church. Yeah. There's a basis for what we do. We have a mission statement. Did you know we have a mission statement? <laughs> You're like, I'm not seeing it anywhere. Well, maybe we'll write it down somewhere. We, we, we do. Look at, look at 1 Corinthians. Look at chapter 15. Look at verse 1, if you would. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye also have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. We have a mission statement. What is it? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is to go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Really, our, the, the basis for what we do at Crimson Avenue Baptist Church, don't miss this. We don't want to lose sight of it. We don't want to minimize it. We don't want to, th- we don't want to add anything uh, to it per se. But our mission statement, the basis for why we exist, is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If that is not why you're here tonight, if that is not why you come to church tonight, either get right with the mission statement or find something else to do. 
Absolutely. I'm not being ugly. I'm just thinking you're, it's a colossal waste of your time to be here if you're not here for the gospel's sake. And, but that is why I'm here, and I do believe that's why everybody in this room is here, and I'm thankful for that. But it's the gospel. What is the gospel? We, well, we know what it is. It's the good news, right? What is it? Well, man is born in sin. We are sinners by nature. We are not only that. We are sinners by choice. And if we die in our natural condition, we will spend the rest of our eternal existence existence outside of this body, our soul, our body will go into a grave and our soul will forever live in hell for all of eternity. There will never be a time when you are not in hell. Actually, you will have a body fitted for destruction that is capable of living within the confines of hell and never disintegrating and never going away. You will forever be there. That's the bad news. But the good news is of the gospel that God put on human flesh. Amen. He put on human flesh. He lived a perfect life. He offered his body as a sacrifice for sins and he shed his blood as for the atonement for our sin. He was buried and he was and he, and he re- raised again on the third day and he came out alive. That's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the good news. If you will believe this and put your faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, his righteousness will be put on your account and you'll have the same record as the Lord Jesus Christ. That's good news. That's really good news. This is why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. That's why we spend money. That's why we move dirt over here. That's why we give to missions. That's why we tithe. That's why we give. That's why we're faithful. That's why we, why we do everything. The reason why we do is because of the gospel's sake. We exist. We, we, we assemble. We preach. We give. We seek the lost. We, we seek to live a holy life. Why? Because the word needs the gospel. The world needs the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a basis for what we do. But the rest of the chapter 15 is going to talk about the resurrection. In the gospel, obviously, a part of the gospel is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If there were no resurrection, it's just news, but it's not good news. It's just a bunch of news, and we have plenty of that. Amen. Paul Harvey one time told about a, a, a news channel that was only going to have good news, nothing but good news. Well, it flopped. Because what they find out is people don't really want all good news. They kind of the bad news. We're like that, aren't we? Well, good news. You know, the, the, the resurrection is a part of the good news, but I want to show you this. The gospel is the reason why we exist, but watch this. The resurrection, the resurrection is the validation for why we exist. The resurrection is the validation for why we exist. If he hadn't risen, right, our faith is in everything we do is in vain. It's worthless. It's pointless. Southwest Airlines has, a, has their own mission statement. It says this, Connect people to what's important in their lives through friendly, reliable, and low-cost air travel. Do you know that mission statement would be meaningless if they had the, had, had the worst accident rate in the industry? Do you know that, that mission statement would be meaningless if their planes crashed about every third one? Do you know that statement would be meaningless if they had the most expensive tickets to fly anywhere in the market? That would be a totally meaningless, meaningless mission statement for Southwest Airlines. But actually, they have the second to best, the second, the second from best, they are number two in, in safety in the airline industry. Number two. 
American Airlines is kind of up on the list, on the bad list, mainly because they lost two planes in, in 9-11. About 500 people instantly right there went down. Yeah. But uh, their mission statement, watch, their record and their prices validate, validate the basis for why they exist, why they say they exist. Okay. So their mission statement is the reason their record is a validation. See, the re listen, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the validation of the gospel. In the gospels, the word term three days and three nights is mentioned over 21 times. Jesus, Jesus plainly mentions his resurrection three different times. One time at the Mount of Transfiguration. One time before that at Peter's confession. Whom do you say that I am? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And they went on from there. And Jesus began to tell them how he was going to be taken to Jerusalem. And he was going to be crucified. But he was going to raise again the third day. And that final time, that third time we have recorded that he uh, told them of his resurrection was while he was on his way to Jerusalem, the last, the last days of his life on his way to Jerusalem, he told the disciples one more time, hey, I'm going to be taken and I'm going to be crucified, but I'm going to raise again the third day. And he mentioned it over and over. Chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians spends 50 of the 58 verses speaking of the resurrection. 16 of these verses are about Jesus' own resurrection. 34 verses are about ours. <laughs> We're going to raise two. Amen. Watch the basis for what we do is the gospel. The validation for what we do is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the future, future resurrection of the saints. Watch this now. Because, because of this truth, the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the confirmed hope of our own resurrection, we have the mission to go into all the world and tell them that they too can look forward to a future hope of a resurrection if they just put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. What am I saying? There is a basis for what we do. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the validation of the basis for what we do is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and our own resurrection one of these days. Amen. It's our mission statement. It's why we exist. It's why we're here. And I want to show you this in the last few verses here of chapter 15. Our mission statement has no expiration date. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 those, those mission statements that I gave you from Coca-Cola and from Twitter and from Microsoft, Patagonia, really Southwest Airline, do you really, there's, no, there's really no age expiration date in any of those. They don't apply to a certain age group. Now, if it was a, a children's clothing store, it says our mission statement is to our goal is to clothe children in such a way that it's memorable the rest of their life. Well, obviously, there's an age limit to that one, right? When you outgrow the clothing line, you're done, okay? Well, some of us are, but some are, some aren't. But, uh, but uh, no, I don't, I don't. But none of, watch, none of these have expiration dates. Hold on. Physical activity may change. Our physical ability may change. What we're able to do may change, but our dedication and our allegiance to the mission is not dependent upon age or ability. Let me say it again. Our physical ability may change, right? But our dedication and our allegiance to the, to the mission is not dependent upon age 
or upon ability. What do you mean? Explain that. Remember Caleb? I just mentioned him not too long ago. Caleb in the Bible. Remember Joshua Caleb? He was 80-some years old when he finally got to go into his promise. He was given his promise there, and he realized at 80-some years old he wasn't going to be able to run out the, the inhabitants of the land. He wasn't going to be able to do it. He was too old, right? No, he was just too old. He couldn't fight like that anymore. What did he do? He put out a, a little uh, he put out a, a little ad on, on Facebook, you know, a little marketplace ad, or put out a post on Facebook and said, Hey, I got some really nice land that I need to get some weeds off of it. They're people and they're really big and they're giants and they have weapons and things like that. But I need to clean this possession out, my new land out. Whoever wants to do it, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my daughter. Now, I gotta tell you something, Brother Allen. I was thinking about this. I'm sorry to always talk. I'll go to I go to I was thinking about this. He's eighty something. How old's his daughter and why isn't she married yet? She's sixty five. See, I was I, I, anyway, anyway. But somebody jumped up. He was sixty Oh, okay. <laughs> that could be. So but somebody came up and what'd they say? Well, I'll do it. What did he do? Hold on. He wasn't physically able to do it, but he was still he was still dedicated and had allegiance to the mission, and he found another way to get it done. So what did he do? He just bought it. Yeah. I remember one of the first of many mistakes I made here uh, was put out a sign-up sheet for the church cleanup. Yeah, that went down in flames. And you know what one of the older couples told me? Hey, can we just pay for it to be done? <laughs> right? <laughs> can we just pay for it to be done? I'm like, okay. I, well, it didn't register with me, okay? I'm thinking, hey, yeah, that's how it always used to be. Every, you know, people just signed up. We all clean the church. You know, we're a family. We're a body. You know, everybody has a part in the body. We can just clean it. It'll be no big deal. And we pay for it to be done. Yep. Yep. No, there's some things that we get to a stage of life and we go, you know what? Uh, I can't knock that many doors anymore. I can't walk hills anymore. I can't go up steps anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't do that. No, listen, we all, we're going to, you're either there or you're going to get there. You're going to have limitations. But just because you have limitations, it doesn't mean that you don't have to be, that you don't have to be dedicated and have allegiance to the mission that's before you. And you know what you do? You find someone else to get it done. Pay Alan to do it. wasn't dependent on his age at all for Caleb. wasn't dependent on his age. It wasn't at all. His mission, watch, his mission had no expiration date. No expiration date. You see, the gospel is the basis for what we do. The resurrection is the validation for what we do. Your dedication to the mission is not dependent on your age. Yeah. Now I want to show you something. In verses 52 through 57, the Bible shows us we have victory. We have victory. I like this. It's encouraging. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. I like that. Get a new body, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and the mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy, uh, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, see that word there? Therefore, 
What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to figure out what it's there for. Right? It's there because of all of the verses preceding. It's there because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's there because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's there because of the hope of our own bodily resurrection someday. It is there because of that. It's there. What is it? We have victory. And because of this, because of the gospel, because of the fact of the resurrection, because of our mission, because of the basis for why we exist, because of this, watch, my beloved brethren, a command, be Ye steadfast. What does that mean? It means firm. It means immovable. Did you know you can be firm in, in, the, in, in your belief? You can be firm in your dedication. You can be firm in your allegiance at 20 years old and at 90. You can be firm. It doesn't have to change. I, I love this. Because watch, this is something steadfastness. Steadfastness is not... Uh, is not manifest in what you physically do. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Because sometimes you can't do things physically, but you can still be steadfast in every other aspect of your life and belief. You know what? You, can, you might not be able to go out and knock doors, but you know what? You still believe it's right. And you still, we ought to go out two by two. And you still believe we ought to go out and compel them to come in. And you know what? You, you haven't changed. What is that? You're steadfast. You're steadfast. You can be firm at 20 just as much at 90. Because, listen, firmness is based on truth. Steadfastness is based upon truth. And truth hasn't changed, amen? Yeah. Has truth changed? No, okay. So we could all say amen. Truth has not changed. Amen. Oh, good. I was ready to start over. Can I tell you it's steadfast people in a church that keep it going? Well, I can't do what I used to do. That's not necessarily what keeps a church going. It's part of it. But watch, if, if steadfastness isn't there, I don't care how much activity you have, you're going to be taken by every wind of doctrine and it's going to destroy you eventually. It's steadfast people in the church that keep it from compromise. It's steadfastness in the church when there's a group of people that are, that, are, that are just anchored to the Word of God and little things come into church and new things come along and they say, boy, I don't know about that. I don't know about that song. That seemed a little, a little strange. I don't know about that message, preacher. That was off. No, no, no. I don't know about that special preacher. I don't know about that missionary that was in. I don't know about, what do you think about, they said this or they said that or this came up or outdoor revival preacher and all of you, I mean, come on. You know what I'm thankful about some people that have preached here that shouldn't have preached here? When steadfast people out there said, I don't know about that. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know what that is? That's steadfastness. And it had no bearing on your physical ability to do what, you're, what, what you want to do. Right? It's steadfastness. It's unmovable. Yeah. It's steadfast people that give a doctrinally sound church to the next generation. 
And this, remember, this was the problem with Hezekiah. Oh, it shall be good in my day. There'll be be peace in my day. Had no concern with the next generation. Can I tell you something? Your bodies may change. Your abilities may change. uh, Your your physical abilities may change. But you can still be steadfast and make sure the next generation, you you can have concern for the next generation by giving them a doctrinally sound church. Yeah. See, well, that's not that hard to do. You don't have to. You don't have to be able to, you know, to run five miles and do three hundred push-ups and, right? Amen. Right? No, you just have to. You, you just have to be unmovable in in in, tr- in the truth of the word of God and firm and say no. No, I don't know if that's the best way to go. Right? Doesn't matter how old you are tonight. You can be steadfast in Bible truth. You can be firm in Bible truth. Notice, secondly, look at the second word we have here. You can be unmovable. It seems like the same word. There's a little bit more to it, though. This word unmovable means firmly persistent. Here's, here's another definition, definition of the word persistent. Uh, continuing in the prosecution of an undertaking. Continuing to do what you undertook to do. Some of you have worked on jobs and you worked for companies and some aren't very persistent, are they? <laughs> some last a day, some last a week, some last a, you know, a few hours. Now, nowadays I hear they don't even show up after they're hired. They're not real persistent. See, watch this. Steadfastness is what you are in your character. Unmovableness is what you do in your tenacity, in your grit. Character determines your tenacity. Do you know that? Your character determines your tenacity on Bible truth. Watch. Age doesn't determine unmovableness. Ability doesn't determine your unmovableness. Your physical prowess has nothing to do with whether you're unmovable because there are some very physically fit people and very capable people who are tossed about by everyone of doctrine. No, this is good news tonight, friend. This is really good news. You can be, listen, you can be steadfast and unmovable. Your body may have lost lost its go. It may have. It may have lost its go, but your heart doesn't have to lose its grit. You can just be right in there. You can just, amen, you can be right behind it. You can be praying. You can be, there's so many things that be, can be going on. And this is what we need tonight. We need it at this, this church and we need it at every church that there is across the world. But we need men and women in the church who are unmovable in the mission. They are determined that the basis for why we are here is right. And they're saying, we're not going to change that. We're going to be unmovable. Age might hinder your feet tonight. Listen to me. But unmovableness will will end up increasing your prayer. Caleb found some way else to get the job done. Do we, do we believe prayer changes things? I mean this literally. Some of you have the opportunity to pray for hours. I know what you're thinking. <gasps> Not everybody thinks that. I shouldn't say that. But I'm serious. Some of you have the ability, some of you have the opportunity to have a list that is pages because there are pages of needs. 
that you can bombard the throne of grace and get a hold of God and get a hold of the throne of grace for the things that we need and beg God for some things. You, you have that ability. Of, no, you can't maybe do some certain physical things, but I'm telling you what, if you'd get, if you'd get up with the mission and get, believe the basis for what we do is, is, is right, I'm telling you, you can find all sorts of other ways to get the job done. Unmovables, steadfast, unmovable. Notice this next one, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That word abounding means to overflow. Overflow. It seems to me that over, over uh, that, um, lost it, that, uh, that always abounding in the work of the Lord, it seems to me that that is actually a byproduct not another checklist thing, but it's a byproduct of being steadfast and unmovable. What happens when you're steadfast? What happens when you're unmovable? You'll always be abounding in the work of the Lord. What does that mean? God will always have somewhere for you to abound. There's no age, there's no age stamp on this. You will abound. Listen, if you are unmovable and you are steadfast, you will be abounding somewhere. Somewhere. Well, when I was younger, I used to do all this. Well, you're not younger. Who cares? Just do what you can do now. Right. Stay steadfast, stay unmovable, and you will be abounding. Why do? Why do I? Why am I? Uh, you know, fairly convinced that this is a byproduct because look what it says next. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, why would we think our labor is in vain in the Lord? Well, sometimes because we think it's too small. Nah, this is all I'm doing. I used to do this and this and this and that. This is it. I don't know. The Holy Spirit of God was determined to write down here that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you are, listen, if you are unmovable, if you are steadfast, you're going to be abounding in the work of the Lord. No matter what it looks like, watch, God calls it abounding. And if that's where you are, no matter how big it is or how small it is, the Holy Spirit of God wanted us to know it's not in vain. It may it, listen. The prayer time may seem meaningless at times. Yeah. The simple tract at the drive-through might seem meaningless at times. The verses about hell when you put it in with your tax payment to the IRS, uh, it might seem meaningless at times. You'll get audited. Trust me. <laughs> Thought I'd help them, but no. The gospel. The gospel is the basis for what we do. The resurrection is the validation for what we do. Our dedication and our allegiance to the mission in front of us at Crimson Avenue Baptist Church is not is 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 not judged by our age. Is not determined by our age or ability. See, listen. We need saints who are steadfast. And we need saints of God who are unmovable. Yeah. Oh, I know. There's things moving all over the place right now. They're moving in your family. They're moving all around us. I'm telling you. I'm telling you tonight. That what the world really needs is somebody to just say, you know, that's not right. That's not right. I know everybody's going that way. That's not what the Bible says. Right? Absolutely. The Southern Baptist Convention, and I am in no way 
endorsing them because uh, we are independent Baptists, not just because we're independent Baptists, but we are independent Baptists because we believe that's what the Bible teaches, local, autonomous, self-governing churches. Jesus never instituted a convention. Before I get on to this whole thing that they did, I, I want to set some, set some things straight. Jesus never instituted a convention of churches or anything, however they, whatever they, whatever they want to call it, the co-op and cooperative churches of, of missions or anything like that. That, that. that is not biblical whatsoever. That's one of their main issues I, that I have with them aside of where they are drifting. Yeah. But, you know, the Southern Baptists just held their big convention and they just had to vote on the, on the, on the subject of women pastors. You wouldn't believe the pushback. You would not believe the pastors and the people that came out of the woodwork who said, well, why shouldn't they be able to preach? I was, I was uh, soundly encouraged by the women who got on to things like Twitter and Facebook and said, this is wrong. It is unscriptural. We don't, God hasn't given us that role. Hey, listen, I said it just, just not too long ago. Uzziah, though he was the king, was not allowed to do the work of a priest's office, and God gave him leprosy till the, till the day he died. He had leprosy because it wasn't his role. He, even though he was king, he wasn't a priest, right? Listen, he, and God, he was a good king, actually. He was actually a good king. And... Uh, the, 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 the problem here isn't whether women are, are capable. I don't want to, there's all the jokes about preaching, I know. But I, that's not the issue. The issue is not whether they're capable. It, the, issue, the issue is simply that God said no. And he, and he set it up his own way. So, you know, it's not a big deal. Well, they had to come to that vote with this, right? And you know what they voted? You'll be surprised. It was wonderful. They said, no, we're going to stick with the Bible. They kicked out Saddleback Church. Amen. <laughs> yes. yes. They, they kicked out Saddleback Church. I just read today Stephen Furtick at Elevation Church in South Car- or North Carolina, or around Charlotte, one of the large 27,000 member church, voluntarily left the SBC uh, because of this issue of women pastors because his wife preaches at the church there and they televise it. Bye. <laughs> I still don't agree with them <laughs> on the convention, but, but where they came down on the Bible was exactly correct. Yeah. Do you know why this happened? And I mean, you, some of you have been around long enough to watch the incredible drift of the Southern Baptist Convention. We went through the, went from days of, of R.G. Lee and, and Adrian Rogers to, uh, you know, David Platts and Furtick and Andy Stanley and all the rest. Do you know why they came down to this vote? Because some older members and even some younger members were steadfast and unmovable on the scriptural subject of who has the authority to preach and pastor a church. Do you realize if the older ones didn't hold the line, the younger ones, I don't know how long they could have held it. It would have been really hard. It would have been really hard. Listen to me tonight. I don't care where you are in your ability. I don't care where you are in your age. I don't care what you think your capability is. You can be steadfast and unmovable. There's no age expiration date on that one. 
And this church desperately needs you to stay there and not move. Yeah. That you can do. Amen? Let me encourage you. Yeah. Don't fall away. The little that you're doing is not in vain. If you think it's little, it's not little. Because if God says it's not in vain to God, it's big. I believe it was D.L. Moody who said, don't despise little things because a little candle can do what a big sun can never do, which is shine in the night. (laughs) Your labor is not in vain tonight, church. So what do we do? We'll take your time of prayer. Jesus said, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers into his vineyard. You know what you do? You begin to pray. You say, well, that's not, a mu- that's not much. That's pretty huge, friend. If you believe prayer changes things. It does. Yeah. Begin to pray. You know, you know what you need to pray? Lord, we need laborers in the harvest. We need laborers. Desperately need to Hey, Jesus said it's wide already unto harvest. It's wide all over the place here. Yeah. I have friends that pastor in churches of a thousand. In, not church, in, in towns of a thousand, right? And here we are in the middle of 50,000. We need laborers. Absolutely. You say, well, I feel so bad. I can't do what I used to do. Lord knows. But you can pray. You can find another way. You can give. You can give. Yeah. We know how much money Neil has. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Don't minimize. Hey, don't minimize what God says is big. Our Father, thank you tonight. I thank you. I I, I just, I know it's possible there might be some in the room that even think just coming to church doesn't mean a big thing, but it is. It's huge. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. I just pray you would encourage your people tonight to be steadfast, to be unmovable, that they might see themselves always abounding in the work of the Lord. And that, Lord, you would would assure them tonight by your Holy Spirit that their labor is not in vain in the Lord. And then, Father, would you show them what they can do, kind of like Caleb. He found another way around it. Lord, show them what they can do. Maybe there's something that can be done that they'd like to do and some would like to do that just haven't even thought about it. Lord, you can do that. There's so much to do. And then we ask you tonight, Lord, that you just uh, help us and uh, help us with the laborers. Help us as we go, as those that are able to go out and that still go out, that you just bless and uh, bless in health and, and uh, vitality and help us to continue on what we can do. What we can do. We thank you for that. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Instrument's going to play tonight, and I want you to stand if you would. However, the Lord's spoken to you tonight. Would you, would you just get alone with the Lord? Maybe there's been a thing or two the Holy Spirit of God has kind of put His finger on in your life. Said you, you've kind of there's some areas you need to be steadfast and unmovable, and you're kind of moving around a little bit right here. You're kind of moving around. Yeah. This church needs you not to move. It needs you to stay still, stay firm where you're at. Would you just let the Lord know tonight that you'll do that?
You're going to do that. We have those with health problems that are so capable on a computer and they know how to converse with people uh, 10,000 miles away. And they do. Yeah, It's not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain. Have a great week. Happy Independence Day coming up this this fourth. Tuesday? Yes. Tuesday. Okay, I better put it on the calendar. So oh wait, I guess if I looked at the calendar I'd know. Because it'd say the fourth, right? So anyway. Looking forward to that. We already have crazies up and down the river. Fireworks going off all night last night. <sighs> your guys gonna your neighbor's gonna be pulling his cannon out, I know, but <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and then they'll start the ones up for Christmas. So <laughs> if there's a reason to do them, they'll be, they'll be out there. So I just told one of the grandsons the other day, I, I started young with them. I was telling the other day about letting them know, you know, the, you know, relating stories about the things of God, what God does in our life, and, you know, and teaching, right, about Father's Day, teaching. And one thing I talked to the grandsons the other day is that buying fireworks is about the same as burning a dollar bill in your front yard. And so they went... Huh? I'm like, well, yeah, it's just money. I just ruined the fourth for them, but they don't care. They'll still buy them anyway, or their parents will get them for them. So, hey, just trying to help. Just trying to help. So, anyway, looking forward to that. We're going to try to go out again Thursday night if the weather cooperates. It was hot last Thursday night, even Saturday. We had a good crew Saturday morning, got quite a few houses done in a short time, but in that short time, it got warm enough to where it's like, okay, we better. Do we start another road? And I'm like, we better, we better stop here. And, and uh, it was good to see everybody out Saturday morning. So we'll try again 